1: Welcome to Success Leaves Clues podcast, where I find regular people doing extraordinary and phenomenal things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. Of course, I'm your host, Dr. K. I have with me today Tanya Kelker, the business bay. Welcome. Hi. You are an amazing entrepreneur. I'm glad that you, uh, you know, blessed me with some time to come onto the podcast. Um, I've seen you do a lot of stuff. You have multiple businesses, but I primarily wanted to get into um, your business of spas and Uh how you set those up, how you train people. It's completely unique to me, um, especially in our culture and in our community. So if you you don't mind, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Okay. Hey, everybody. I am Tanya Sanders-Kelker, and I am the owner and founder of Body Party Wax and Beauty Studios, which is a traditional and non-traditional day spa. And we use, and we normally specialize in intimate skincare services. Okay. So that's the non-traditional part of the type of services that we offer, which is, you know, t- typically your Brazilian wax, your v steams, your facials, And we also do the traditional services, such as like your facials, your brow wax, you know, yeah. just the normal things. But we specialize in the intimate skincare area because okay. a lot of people... They do not put any emphasis or focus on that area for both men and women. And it's something that it's one of those quiet, you know, best kept secrets that people get done. A lot of people, they don't tell you they get it done, but they get it done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's an awkward conversation. How do do you bring that up? Right. So it's probably.
2: (laughs) Actually, when people find out what I do, Mm -hmm. that's when people start telling me their whole life story. They're like, hey, can't. How much is too much hair or how much is too little hair? You know, Ooh. it goes like they they immediately start talking to me about it. Okay, <laughs> It's like people are seeking out people that can help them with this private issue mm-hmm. or private thing. And they're just looking for someone that can help them, which worked in my benefit for having a business that had a large need, but a small amount of people that were actually providing a solution for the need. Yeah, so, so that is kind of how I even started with opening up the day spa.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. How, yeah. how did you find out that there was a need for this in, in, in the community and that you could provide that service?
2: So actually here's the, here's the funny thing. I got into it by accident. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a blessing.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> You fall into purpose. Okay. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so I had been personally getting these services done, since I got out of high school, right? Okay. But I live in Mississippi and most of the places around me, it's real taboo to even talk about anything like Brazilian wags, mm-hmm. any type of anything other than your face. Like you just well, don't really talk about it. Well, you're right?
1: talking about the Bible Belt, right? So everybody's a little yeah. conservative, a little hush. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So everybody's, you hear that, you're like, you do what? And yeah. I'm like, I was trying to find a place to get it done. And it's just the places that did it, they did do a good job. So I I was living in New York
0: mm. and
2: I got the best wax of my life, right? And I was just mm-hmm. like, ma'am, what is your job title? Like what cause I want to keep calling you the wax lady because right now we go together because you just gave me the best wax <laughs> ever, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and I literally looked up esthetician because she told me she was an esthetician. I had never heard of it. Okay. I was like, how do you spell that? <laughs> you know? And I looked it up. I looked at a school that was close by in New York. And I I got trained and I got all this information about this industry. And I found out that I wasn't the only one that needed these services or that was desiring these services, especially in my area. Yeah. And come to find out most of the people that do the services, they don't look like me. And that was just the biggest thing for me. To figure out that it was a need, because once I started talking to people about it, they were like, "Wait, you do those services? Please yeah. wax me." Because they was looking for someone that looked like them, that could wax them, that understood their skin. Yeah,
1: so th- that's one of the things I was like mentioning as far as the community, because in all in all these types of services, you talk about um, like you say eyebrow waxing or
3: mm-hmm.
1: facials, um, massage places all of these different places you don't see a lot of people who look like us yeah and do do you have any idea why that's missing is it an education educational thing is it exposure
2: um i think it's a little bit of both so like exposure meaning because it's so not talked about in our community that people Mm -hmm. that do do it we don't really talk to people in in masses about, oh, we got a wax done. Yep. It's kind of you get it done and it's done. And mm-hmm. so you don't really talk about it until somebody bring it up. And okay. so it's not a conversation that's easily brought up or just comes up naturally in conversation. So I think that's where the exposure piece is, is there. Because a lot of times they see, oh, that's not for us. We don't do that. Yep. But we absolutely do. <laughs> we okay. absolutely do. And the industry side, because people didn't really hear about people doing these things. It wasn't really a lot of people that looked like us that was going to aesthetic school. We primarily go to cosmetology school, barber school, but not really aesthetic school. But that has even changed now that the enrollment rates for people of color inside of aesthetic schools have drastically skyrocketed with with the popularity of the intimate skincare services being now talked about in the open.
1: Okay, so, so you taught me a new word, aesthetics school. Mm-hmm. So yes. are you training people in this in aesthetics, or do you offer a school, or are you hiring people who are already licensed in this in this area?
2: So all of that. Okay. <laughs> so when people actually come and work into the organization, they have to take my training classes because I have trademark techniques that is unique to my studio so Mm -hmm. everyone that works in the studio you have to go through the training of how we do services yes we hire licensed professionals we we would love for someone that already wax but it's not a it's not a necessity because it's a teachable skill and so we are absolutely teaching you and training you exactly what you need to do our way so that when the client comes just like when you go to mcdonald's when you go to mcdonald's you expect a Big Mac to be a Big Mac in D.C., Atlanta, yeah. Texas, wherever, right? Uh-huh. The same way with our waxes. Any location that we are at, we, we expect the clients to be able to come in the door with the expectation that they're going to get the same service, right? But I don't exclusively train people inside of the studio. So gotcha. all okay. the cl- all the services that we do offer are classes that you can take with me. To incorporate in your own spots.
1: Okay. So a couple of questions. Somebody who wants to take your training, your your courses, and and specialize in this. Mm-hmm. How do they go about getting into that that training or that education?
2: So um, on my studios website, which is Body Party Studios, mm-hmm. you just simply go on there and book a class. Okay. Book a class. And
1: the, the classes are. In person, virtual? Do they need to fly out to a certain location?
2: So we do do both, but we prefer in person.
1: (laughs) Well, obviously, for for what yeah, we prefer
2: in person because what we have we have an option where you can take just the one day or two day class, Mm -hmm. but we also just incorporated a new option where you can come in and learn the service, and it's a whole week long class, right? So you come in. And you do your training, but we also put you in the system to take walk-ins at our studio so you can get. So when you leave that one week, you've had experience with more than one client in training. So okay. that way you can up your skill level and mm-hmm. you can go back proficient when you go back into your own setting.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. So that's why we prefer in-person mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you can get that hands on experience.
1: Yeah, because you you, you can get a, a lot of understanding in a short amount of time but nothing beats experience right yes, and nothing one client's not going to necessarily be like the next and yes. you're allowing people to actually get hands-on experience with multiple different types of clients
2: right because everybody like it, that was the amazing thing about when i got in this industry because mind you i am a whole accountant as well like i went to yeah. college. For accounting, okay. Yeah. You couldn't have told me I wasn't gonna be a partner at a account at the top accounting firm in the country. You couldn't have told me any of that, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then for me to get in the beauty industry and then find a whole passion. The whole passion came out where I have all these clients on the table, everybody is different. Mm-hmm. So it's not no just one size fits all, it's literally people's hair patterns go all different. It's amazing how many hair patterns it is. It's amazing how many different skin types, how many textures and just different things. And to be able to make a difference in people's lives just by doing a wax. Wow. Like the impact this industry, the beauty industry has on our clients is it's unmeasurable. It's immeasurable. You can't even measure it because it's so great.
1: What What's that impact like? Is it um, health benefits to doing this? Is it just self-esteem and, and making the person, you know, feel better and more confident about their self by getting this done?
2: Uh, a little bit of a little bit of both, actually. Okay. So, like, we'll start with the women. OK, yep. so a lot
1: of times. Wait, start with the women. I thought it was only women.
2: No, we wax men too. Every service we offer, we offer for men too. Yes. All right.
1: I don't want to be judgmental. I've never heard of that. So Yes. So for
2: for the men, it's called a manzillion, right? Oh,
1: a manzillion.
2: Yes. So it's a Brazilian for a man. Okay. And you can do everything gone or you can leave a little hair below. Okay. Whichever one you choose, (laughs) you know, and, but most guys, they just get it all off because So the main reason why, because people hear this, they're like, why would I get a wax? That sounds like it hurt. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I want to do that. Right. Why would I put myself through that torture? Right. But when the clients come to the appointment, right, Mm -hmm. a lot of them for the health benefits, a lot of them, just like a guy, when you shave your neck and everything, you may break out because you're allergic to the razor. Yeah. If you break out here, you're probably going to break out down there. So, if you are, and it's not really the razor, sometimes it's the nickel inside of the razor blade that you're actually allergic to, or you're either Mm -hmm. shaving in the wrong direction, or with um, probably razors that don't really work. They're probably cheaper razors, right? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people have that issue, and then it makes them more prone to ingrown hairs. Yeah. And then it also causes hyperpigmentation down below, because when you shave... Is rubbing up against the skin, causing friction, which we call razor burn. So the biggest health benefit of getting a Brazilian wax is that it eliminates the ingrown hairs. It mm-hmm. also helps to lighten the skin below from the friction that causes from razor burn. So those are the main health, the main health things that health reasons that people get waxes. Now the emotional and self-esteem thing. I've helped save a lot of marriages by being on the table (laughs) (laughs) and like you'll be surprised by how many people they come that 30 minutes that they're for their appointment. Cause mind you, the wax takes maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15, Mm -hmm. but we book 30 minute appointments, but doing those appointments, we're having conversations. Like you would think it's all quiet. No, they bear it all to us on that table. It's almost like a whole counseling session because if you can get someone to be vulnerable enough to uh, see their most private parts of their body,
0: yeah,
2: they will tell you everything, any and
1: everything. Okay, (laughs) you know me now, right? (laughs) Right, we're like, we're friends,
2: like, you know me, so listen, let me tell you what I got going on. So, in the emotional side of the impact, is you find out. Hey, a lot of wives, they come, they're like, you know, I wanna do something different. I wanna spice it up. And it's not all sexual. Like most people that hear, and that, cause first thing you hear with intimate skincare, you think sexual, right? But it's not okay. even, it's not a sexual, there's nothing sexual about the service. Mind you, there's nothing sexual going through anyone's mind because they're like, girl, this hurt, but I, I like talking to you. Right, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of my clients, they've told me how, it just helped make them feel better about themselves because by being vulnerable to me made them be able to open up and talk more to their spouse
1: man i wouldn't even think about that like that's yeah. that's incredible what what type of person would you recommend getting into this industry like what characteristics do you think that they need to have like you said you're turning into not only a esthetician but somebody who is a counselor um, somebody who's got great customer service. So you're so much more than what is on the surface level.
2: Absolutely. So if you're someone getting into this industry on the service level, great bedside manners. You mm-hmm. have to have great bedside manners because you have to go back and put yourself in the place of the actual client. Okay. This client, just think about them. They're laying on a the table. They're having to open their legs for a whole stranger. Mm-hmm to see their most private parts of their body
3: mm-hmm.
2: to get a service that they need. Right. Cause yeah. you really can't do it. Your, you can do it yourself, but it's not the same. Yeah. Right. Right. And you need someone that is going to understand that that client may be nervous. That client may feel awkward. That client may feel self-conscious and we make it our business to make sure that our clients know we are body positive. We don't care if you're the smallest of the small, the biggest of the big, we're going to wax you. We're going to get every hair off of you. And we're going to treat you with respect and dignity.
1: There you go. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely.
2: So you have to be compassionate and have great bedside manners. Like, it, the, the The skill is teachable, but it's the soft skills that really matter and really make a great yeah. person in this industry. But then you also have layers to this industry. You have the service provider and you also have your management and mm-hmm. then you have the owners and okay. all three requires a couple of different skill levels to be able to even be in this industry you because you can make a lot of money in this industry but if you don't have the soft skills on the service level to make people feel comfortable they're not coming to you yeah they don't care it doesn't matter how nice your place is how great your service is how premium your products are no one's coming to someone that's going to make them feel uncomfortable
1: Okay. And and are you developing people and training people at all three of those levels or yes. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's layers bad. That's
1: all awesome. what what does it feel like to mentor and I know you got a mentorship, but I'm when I talk about mentorship, I'm talking about specifically this business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What what does it feel like to develop somebody into an owner, into an entrepreneur? Like
2: amazing. It's an honor. It it's an honor because yeah. like I went through the ranks of being a service provider and then I moved into management and then I moved into the CEO owner where I don't do any of the management or the service providing yeah. and to be able at the CEO and owner level. Now my clients just changed. The business didn't right now. My mm-hmm. clients are not the people coming in and getting the service. My clients are the people that are within the organization. Yeah. So yeah. with that, to see the growth of people coming in. A lot of people, they come in, they have never even done a wax in their life. And I particularly prefer when someone comes and works for my organization that do not know how to wax already because they're easier to train. Because <laughs> like, right. you, you know how you can't tr- teach an old dog new tricks?
1: Yeah, they don't have those bad habits. Yeah. They're not coming yeah. <laughs> You don't
2: have to break the bad habits. So I prefer people that are licensed that has never waxed before. They Maybe they was fully... Engaged in facials, or fully engaged in doing hair, Uh anything but waxing because it's so much easier to train (laughs) them in my method. Because it's not the oh, I used to do it this way. Well, I understand that, but we're gonna do it this way. (laughs) And then just to see their confidence build with that, so then they're like, "No, I got this. I'm a beast at waxing." So, like my girls, they we call them. I call them the arrogant um, tays because. They are so amazing at wax Yeah, that it's just to see the things that the techniques that you created and someone else take what you uh, created, use it on clients that builds their self-esteem to the Mm -hmm. point that they desire to even want to do this as well as like from management to ownership, right? Yeah, Because also the premise of Body Party with the hiring process, it was built so that um professionals can have the freedoms of entrepreneurship with the security of employment that's how our whole structure is set up it's set up like that it's set up so that they can win from the door i don't pay minimum wage to none of the girls like they get premium prices even though they didn't know how to wax when they came yeah they get paid premium salaries because i want them to understand that no job no business that you are ever at should Mm -hmm. take up all of your time and then you not get compensated for your time because this is a ministry and this is a, this is not a hobby. And for that, you should be compensated for your time. And I have no problem with giving higher percentages and higher pay for premium work.
1: Now you're, you're an accountant. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, I I know it's, it's good practice. What you're saying is fantastic and i wish more business owners and entrepreneurs would think like that because a lot of people want to pinch pennies and hold on to Mm -hmm. everything that they have and try to grow the business while they're kind of taking advantage of other people right you have a different philosophy but from an accountant perspective how does how does that impact your business
2: so although i'm an accountant i have an accountant right and me and my accountant we be fighting all the time i be fighting for my girls i be like no i understand because the, st- the industry standard for employment is employees and payroll should be 20% of yep. the overall, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I can tell you now, that's not it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell the numbers, but that is absolutely not it. So that is why me and my accountant fight all the time. Yeah. But it wasn't until I told my accountant how the vision for the business and why I do the payment structure, the way I do it till okay. he understood and stopped fighting with me. I think he, he does not agree at all, Yeah. but he understands now. And I was able to do that because this was not my main source of income hmm. because a lot of the problem that comes with business owners, why we can't be as flexible is because we're dependent upon all income that comes from our business to pay our way of living for our, for our way of living. Yeah. And if that's the case, then you're going to make sure that you survive and that makes you less compassionate about the people that you're uh, cultivating in your organization.
1: Yeah, you're right. So speaking of the whole uh, accounting background and and you having an MBA and going on to run major firms and be an accountant, (laughs) how did you transition from that into this industry? And like you said, this is your mission. So, yes. there's so much more behind it than just the uh, business model itself, right, but I'm, I'm taking it that this is your passion, and yes. I'm, so how did you transition from your career path into your passion?
2: um so I will say, so like I said, when I graduated from undergrad, like I worked at one of the top accounting firms in the country. Yeah. Like you couldn't have told me that I was gonna be a partner. That was the career path that I was on, right?
3: Yeah.
2: And I decided um that I wanted to stay in town uh instead of go to Atlanta to work at the firm. So that was the first decision that I made that thinking back on it now, that was the turning point. But I didn't think that that was not where I was going with this conversation, but that was the turning point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I turned down the initial job offer to move out of state to go to the accounting firm, right? I stayed in town and I worked within a small business firm at, in my town. And that's when I realized all the things that I learned in school was not structured to help small business owners. And that was the first thing in my head. I was just like, I had to learn all these new systems and all the stuff. Now I had a master's degree, a bachelor's degree, and a lot of certifications by the time I started my first when I was in the corporate world, right? And I and coming to find out that what we learn does not help small business owners. So it defeats the point of even having all this because I'm gonna have to relearn and retrain everything, right? Yeah. And so that was the first thing in my head about, no, let me help this small business by upping my skills, right? Mm-hmm. So that was in 2010. And then fast forward to 2015, my husband is a barber. I met him in 2014, hmm. and when I met him, he was working in this barbershop. And when everybody found out I was an accountant, everybody's first thing was, "Hey, can you help me do my taxes?" So do my taxes? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. I, I I don't I don't like to tell people I do taxes because I do tax planning as opposed to tax prep. Mm. So most people don't understand the difference, and I'm like. And most people don't have all this stuff in order. So that's why I'm like doing tax prep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. I know you don't have nothing I'm going to ask you for. So I don't even really want to do your I don't want to be responsible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that got my wheels to turn in that. You know what? People in the beauty industry need someone that can advocate on their behalf. Because all my mentors, when I told, when I brought that to my mentors, everyone in the accounting field, they was like, you're crazy to take a risk on only niching down to the beauty industry. Like I got mm. so much backlash. They're like, they're never going to pay. They don't make any money. Uh, their cash basis, that's a wow. horrible industry yeah. to focus on. Why don't you focus on doctors? And why don't you focus on people with steady income? But I'm looking at my husband, he was the, my boyfriend then. I'm looking at his income. I'm looking at everybody in the shop. You spent a day in a barbershop. Yeah. Listen, okay? The $25 per person. You can get three people in an hour. That's $75 an hour. You're there 10 hours. I mean... Listen,
1: I don't even got hair and I pay $20. It's nothing but a line up on my beard (laughs) and I'm paying...
2: So just imagine that you do anything else and they're doing facials in there. They're doing speed treatments. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, no. I don't know what beauty industry professionals y'all deal with, but the (laughs) ones that I see on a regular basis... Yeah. they're doing something, okay. And uh-huh. I was like, they need an advocate. So I became. That's wow. when I became Bay.
1: They the need an advocate.
2: Accountant. So that's how that started. And uh-huh. then, 2017 April, my husband's ex-wife asked me to help her uh, set up a makeup studio. Okay. And I was like, okay, no problem. We're having a just a basic consultation. And I was just like, you know what? I've had this idea about doing a make- doing a wax studio. Mm-hmm. Um, how about, because she was telling me she wanted to do makeup seven days a week. I was like, we leave in Mississippi. Most people are not going to get their makeup done. What are you going to do on Monday at three o'clock? And she was like, I'm going to do makeup. I was just like, how about you add some other services? And that's when I told her about mm-hmm. wax. I
0: said, okay. why don't you
2: add wax? You're licensed to do it. And she was like, mm, I don't want to do that. So no. at this point, no one knew I was licensed. Because mind you, I got licensed and did nothing with the aesthetics license because I had no intention on using it. I thought I was going back to How long
1: were you licensed without Um, using
2: it? I got it in 2013. So this is
1: 2017. Like four years. There's a reason why you didn't use it?
2: Yeah. Well, I had no intentions on using it. I only got it. Because I was genuinely curious. Remember, I told you about that lady in New York?
1: Yeah. I God. went
2: up to the aesthetic yep. school and they tricked me into signing up for school. They started talking to me like I like to be talked to. They started uh-huh. talking about something, work at your own pace, pay as you go. <laughs> I said, what? what?
1: This is me and, right here. Yes. This, this sounds
2: like something I want to do. And I honestly only did it because I was living in New York by myself and I, I was able to go to class after I got off work. Mm-hmm. I was literally just killing time. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't In my head, I didn't know that this was gonna be something I was gonna need in the future.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I honestly was just trying to be a better client. (laughs) So fast forward to 2017, when I'm having this conversation with my husband's ex-wife. I said, you know, I told her I wanted to open a wax studio and I told her about, you know, something I had in the back of my head. You know, it wasn't something I thought I was gonna pursue. And she was like, why don't we go in business together? I was like,
0: I don't know about Mm -hmm. that.
2: Then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So that was April 17, May, we found a place and July fourth July 4th of that year, we opened. And And where where, where was that at? In Pearl, Mississippi, where our our original location.
1: Okay.
2: I opened it with my husband's (laughs) ex-wife.
1: Hey, I'm all for it. I'm proud of that because so many people. Not to get into a relationship conversation, but yeah. they, they got so much ego that they can't work with other people. Mm-hmm. And just because our relationship didn't work out doesn't mean you're now a bad person.
2: Right. I
1: married you or I'm dating you because I saw good qualities in you. Yes. That doesn't have to end because we can't get along in this relationship where we have differences. Yes. So, anyway, yes. I, 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 love I love it. I love it. Like, <laughs>
2: that is the story between my because I have a I have three boys, right? Okay. Well, my oldest. So when me and my husband got together, he had a son. I had a son and we have a son together. OK, so my oldest son's dad was my fiance. He was my he's my ex-fiance. Like we didn't actually make it to the altar because we found out that we shouldn't be married <laughs> before we got married. <laughs> well, right. Found out first. Yeah. <laughs> but he's still a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't change the relationship that we have. But it's now is more because he was my friend before we even dated. he just turned back into my friend after we dated i was just like yeah we probably shouldn't be together for real but you're a great guy business wise i helped him with all his accounting business stuff like when you know someone's strong Mm suit you have to put all that other personal stuff to the side yeah and that was july so then going back to july (laughs) we did go off Mm -hmm. on a tangent go back to july we opened and october she told me she didn't want to be in the beauty industry no more yeah. Oh, Mind you, July, I stopped seeing all accounting clients because I said, you know what, I'm going to give it all I got to open yeah. this business. Because on one hand, everybody that worked with me, their whole thing was, okay, you're giving me great advice, but you're an accountant. You never really built a business. So all of the advice and everything, the consulting, the consulting, everything I was doing was great information. It's totally different with someone that has tangible mm-hmm. results. Yep. So my idea was yeah, once it you've it lived it, it's different. Yes. Yeah. Although it, was said it works, yeah. but it's a different perspective with someone that has experienced something that you're going down through and they've yeah. already seen the from the other side. Hmm. It's a difference of perspective as well. And it's a difference in advice you get too. Yeah. And for me, it was just, I only want to do this for 90 days. And I was going to give her the business, but we did 90 days and she gave me the business. She was like, I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. I was like, girl, I had no intentions on stopping seeing my accounting class because that was my brand new butter." I was like, what you mean you don't want to do the beauty industry no more? Girl, what? Wow. <laughs> and, but I wasn't even angry with her or nothing. And she was just like, I don't want to do this no more. So October, I mean, November, I became sole owner to so okay. November of seventeen. Wow. Yeah. So you,
1: you've you been uh, five years in. That's it. Yes. So we're coming up on an anniversary, I think. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. Can't wait to celebrate that, with you?
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's, been real good, though. That's awesome. A lot of ups and downs, but real good.
1: Yeah. What would you say is um, the hardest thing that you had to learn since you've been in business?
2: Seeing myself as a business owner. So that was the hardest thing because when you're in a leadership role, in order to be a great leader, you have to see yourself first. Like you can't lead other people effectively if you don't know yourself in and out all the way through right. because being a owner and being someone's boss, definitely when you've been like a solopreneur, yeah. it's, it's different. It's very different because now you have to learn to delegate. And delegation is not my strong suit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a problem. Like you said, with a lot of early entrepreneurs and really leaders in any industry, even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you're in a corporate setting, yeah. a lot of people have this idea that nobody can do it better than them. Yeah, and and once you have your own business and you you know you have this salon, you have a reputation, you have your money on the line, mm-hmm. um, everything that you have vested into this, you don't want somebody else to mess it up. You don't want somebody to right. throw it away. But at the same time, if you if you plan on growing, you can't do it all alone.
2: Absolutely. And being able to document with your, because a lot of people throw out the word SLPs, which is standard operating procedures, mm. but it goes beyond that. It's your drum beats. It's the things that you actually put into place so that you can uh, even receive the help. Because I fumbled the ball a lot on people that come into the business when I wasn't able to actually effectively communicate to them my needs and wanting it done now, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's how I operate. But you can't expect that to be something, how you push that off on other people that work for you, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's not fair for you to say, okay, I want this done then you want it done now. Well, did you train? Did you effectively train them? Do they even know what's expected? Do they even know how to do it? Are they even the best person? So that vetting process? Yeah. I learned to uh, get a vetting process real quick.
1: (laughs) You got to assign tasks based off of their talents. Everybody's not the right person for that particular job or that particular role, even though they're strong in another suit.
2: Yes, because it doesn't mean that they're not a good person. It just means that that role was not a good role for them. And you have to step out of that and say, you can't look at it as, oh, I'm mad that they didn't do the job. Well, you gave them that responsibility that was not aligned with who they are and aligned with their wheelhouse. So that's on you. Mm -hmm. And that was on me. Yeah. I did bad hires. And it wasn't. And for me, I will keep people on. And I know better to I know to hire slow and fire fast. Yeah. When I knew that I was the bottleneck and I was the problem, mm-hmm. I felt convicted and I kept people on longer than they should, and it bled money out of my business because yeah. I wouldn't fire them so that I still had to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> it defeated the whole purpose. <laughs>
1: how did you get to a point where you could own that? Because you have you are you're, you're you're so high up. <laughs> I mean, you you're a CEO of this business, you're you know, such a great background in accounting and things like that, but you're humble. And for somebody to have the ability to self-reflect and say, you know what? It's not them. It's not my staff. It's not my employees. It's not, you know, something my mother did to me. It's me. And, yeah. and you're you're able to own that and then not only own it, but correct.
2: Yeah. So I knew I took because I'm always on this constant journey of growing and developing, right? Because I would be the best version of myself. And I had to take an intern. it once once something start happening to you more than one time you have to sit back and be like you know what hold up okay (laughs) all these everybody not wrong okay yeah (laughs) so Tanya no ma'am let's hold a mirror up let's I legit just got by myself I wrote down I was just like okay what is going on like Mm -hmm. what is the problem because it's a desire of mine. I have this great mission with the studio and with the business. And I was like, me hiring a bad front desk person is not going to fumble my opportunity. Like, if you can't get it together, you better get it together. Yeah. Because it's not the service provider. Mind you, all the service providers, they've pretty much been there from day one. They okay. don't leave, which is a great thing, but yeah. they like it there. <laughs> you yeah. know, my service providers, they don't leave, but it's the front desk and the staff that is not doing the services, right? Mm -hmm. So then I said, well, what is the problem? Is it me? And I was like, it got to be me, (laughs) you know? Because I'm like, when I'm interviewing them, they seem like a good fit. What is the difference? And I looked at myself and I saw, well, how did you make them feel when they couldn't perform the task? Because I assumed that once we had a briefing about what to do, and they told me they knew how to do it. I, the type of I'm a A type personality. I'm an Aries as well, so it's like, yeah. we had a conversation about it. I gave you the room, the floor to ask any questions, but you didn't ask any no questions. So I assumed that you knew what to do. That you knew it, yeah. So it was behoove you to well, behoove me to go back and look at. No, Tanya, they did. They're afraid to disappoint you. So, wow.
1: yeah. So they don't want to say something that they yes. don't know. Yes. Because they want to live up to your expectation, your standard.
2: Right. And I'm sitting on the other side of that. I'm like, I wouldn't ask you to do it if I thought you could not do it. Like, you got to know me better than that. I'm not going to yeah. set you up because I still need to do So I, if I thought you couldn't do it, I would have never asked. <laughs> you know, I would have <laughs> never given that to you if I didn't think you had the capability. Mm-hmm. So I have this gift and curse that I see more potential in people than they see in themselves, and so for me, I had to figure out how to give people a soft landing when they come and talk to me, and when yes. I when I'm developing them so that they can feel comfortable. Let me know, well, Tanya, I need I have a question, or Tanya, can you show me another time instead of people always wanting to tell me, yeah, I got it, I got it, yeah. because. You don't, and now now I'm upset with you. But
1: they're you probably they're probably seeing that in you, right? Yes. So, so you're a go getter. You work hard, and like you said. You're a um, A personality. Yeah. So they're definitely trying to live up to your standard, and they're following the leader. So they yeah. they feel they have to do what the leader does, and you noticed that really early, which yeah. which saved and excelled your business. Yes,
2: because I was like, look, y'all don't. I don't need you to be me. I want you to be the best you you can be Uh because I saw so much greatness inside of you. Even if you're even the woman that does our laundry, she does laundry that. Listen, I have never seen anybody do laundry like she do laundry. And I just make sure it's my business. I speak life into them so that they don't have to see. I I try not to show them the chaos of because I operate well in chaos, which is not good. Mm -hmm. So but if you're watching me and you're wanting to grow and mimic how I work, you don't need to see me do that because that is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I don't even train my team and let them see chaos because I don't want them to mimic the chaos.
1: Yeah. There's not a lot of leaders that encourage, uplift and like you said, speak life into their staff and into their people. Um, where did you get that from? Was there somebody in your life that spoke life into you?
2: <laughs> um, I've been very blessed. It's so many. Like I've had so many great mentors, so no. many great people in my life that I look up to. I mean, people that don't even know they put an impact in my life. Yes. Like, you know how you kind of just see people you be like I like the way she moves. Yeah. Well, I like the way he moves. Mm-hmm. And you just pick up character traits of how you like different things. And I've also been on the other side of bad leadership. And most people that get bad leadership or something traumatic happens to them, they go in and they perpetuate that on other people. Yeah. Well, I said no, because I know how that made me feel. So I'm not going to do that to someone else and make them feel the way I felt. So I make it my business to make sure people don't ever have to feel that kind of pain and trauma.
1: Yeah. Man, that's, that's incredible. The, um, the things that you're doing for everybody, you said you, you got that from having mentors. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that I've had some incredible mentors in my life. And I don't think anybody can truly be successful or reach their untapped potential without having a mentor. I agree. And you, you, your mentors, did you have to seek them out yourself or did it kind of happen kind of organically?
2: Um, a little both. So Hmm. I, as ever since I've been in business, I've never not had a business coach or a business mentor in business. And I've been a full-time entrepreneur for since 2010. Why is that? Um, because if, as a leader, you're always constantly pouring out, right? But if no one's ever pouring into you, you, I don't believe that you could be a great leader if you don't have anyone pouring it back into you. Cause you're always pouring out. Cause what happens when you continue to pour out, you're going to end up pouring out from an empty cup. So I've mm. always had a yeah. business coach or business mentor every year. And it, it may be in different areas each year, but I start the year. I was like, okay, who's going to be my coach this year. Yeah. And it's little things that I took from each coach or mm. each mentor that helped develop me into the type of leader that I am. So I guess it's kind of, I they kind of gravitated towards me, but I was intentional about looking for a coach each year.
3: Yeah.
1: And, and I find my
2: weaknesses and go on right.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, right. You got you to gotta continue to learn and grow and, and you can't think that you know everything. So that's one key thing about seeking out a mentor is because you have to first realize that you have some gaps or that you have some weaknesses that makes you want to even reach out and, and get a mentor.
3: Yeah.
1: I've seen different perspectives. So there's, You got your free mentors and you got your paid mentors. Do you see a difference or do you have a preference?
2: So your free mentors, those are people that you might see them from a distance and you're learning by what they do. They may not necessarily have to even know you or anything like that, but you're inspired by them. But sometimes you can have a free mentor that takes you under their wing because they see something in you, right? And yeah. those type of mentors that they take you under is because they want to they want to actually actively invest in your growth and development, right? And yeah. that comes with aligning yourself and being straight focused in your work because no one wants to help someone that's not going anywhere. No one's going to help someone that's not going anywhere. But people that, Want to actually grow, people. The right mentors will come into your life that want to help you. Because uh, contrary to what people think, there are good people in the world that want to actually see you grow yeah. <laughs> or nothing. You know, they're not looking for anything from you. Yeah. But then I also think you should pay for mentorship. Like I, I used to get kind of hung up. I used to hate for people to call it mentorship if you're going to actually pay. Yeah, but
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I still kind of be iffy about that, right? Because are you really coaching or are you consulting? What are we doing here? you know? Mm. And a lot of people call it a yep. mentorship, but it's not that. <clears throat> You're really just a coach. Like, yeah. You taught me a skill and that's what we're doing. But yeah. for me, all my paid mentorships, <laughs> what I expected was, yes, I'm paying for the coaching or the consulting, but the mentorship is so that I can see the behind the scenes of how you operate, so that I can incorporate that as well. Yeah. So with that, it's just a give and take. With that, like that's my perspective on the mentorships. Yeah. I still be iffy with some people that cause things mentorships, because I'm be like, those are not mentorships. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what that is.
1: Yeah. So I, it's it's important for people to understand before they if it's if it's a paid mentorship, what they're getting themselves into, right? What that's yes. going to include. And um, really, the credentials of that person is calling herself a mentor, yeah. because you don't want to put out a lot of money and you're not going to get a return. Just yeah. like you said, um, going back to your accounting background, if you're working for one of these large firms, um, you're not going to have a firm come in and and do an audit for you that doesn't have a stellar background, right? So, right, you, you pay a lot of money for that stuff, so you should make yeah. sure that that person's vetted.
2: And a lot of times you're paying for access
1: mm, Okay. because
2: a lot of people think <clears throat> like when you move from just basic consulting or coaching <clears throat> and you move to like inner circles, you move into private, you're moving to like <clears throat> um, real mentorships. The the advantage is the exposure and the access. Right. Yeah. Because you can pay for <clears throat> whatever they teach. You could probably google it, really. Yeah. But what you're paying when you pay a coach or someone on that level for that skill set, you're paying to cut some of the um ex- some of the bad experiences, right? You're yeah. you're paying for their experience, right? So that you don't have to make the same mistakes that they made.
1: The shortcut, yeah.
2: Right. That's what you're that's what you're paying for, right? Mm-hmm. And then when if that particular coach has a mentorship You're not paying for them to come and do something for you because now that isn't a consultant that's doing something for you. But if your coach is now your mentor, they coach you on how to do something, why to do it, when to do it or their methodology of it. But that mentorship is the access, the be able to see the behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. that they can be vulnerable and you can get that communication so that you can see what's not being taught. Because what is more important is to grow from what's not being taught and what you see and observe. Because, like all my mentors, I don't care if I pay $40,000, $50,000, because I pay high ticket prices, but I also still support everything else that they do. I'm there if they have something because Mm -hmm. it's what I'm coming to see what you did on the back end. Because, Mm -hmm. yeah, you could teach me how to build a course. But if I don't see how you built your course, I don't know how your brain thought. And if yeah. I'm your, in your mentorship, I need to understand how you think. I need to understand why you did that. Not just that you did it. Yeah. Because if that's the case, I just pay you to do it.
3: Right.
1: I so talk about I talk about ever. the art and the science. Yes. So a lot of a lot of people get the science. They'll go to a course, they'll go to a class, but listen. You, you can't make them greens like grandma make them unless no, you're okay. in the kitchen. Right. You gotta be get in the kitchen. Grandma, okay. Look, I can give you the recipe, <laughs> but there's an art to this, right? You gotta you gotta massage it. There's some fine tuning to it. And and that's what I get from those paid mentorships and stuff like yeah. you're talking about.
2: Yeah. And I was having a conversation with someone, and I was just like, you know how people say when you have kids that they if you feed them enough, you feed anyone, you feed them enough, they start looking like you. Yeah. <laughs> Same okay. thing with mentorship. If they start feeding you enough, you start looking like your mentor, not physically, but the way you move, the way yes. you act, the way okay. you show up. You start yeah. showing up like the people that's feeding you. Be careful who you feed you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, all I can say is I'm glad you're feeding me. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot right now. I appreciate that. That's I never looked at it like that. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> so, um, what do you got coming up in the near future?
2: Okay. So, um, I just opened up my first out-of-state studio in Georgia. The Georgia location is open. Oh, congratulations!
1: congratulations
2: that. <laughs> All
1: right. And,
2: so excited.
1: And I, man, it's awesome. How's it going?
2: It's going great. We had our first trainings um, at the end of January. Okay. And coming in and. What's unique about my Georgia team? They've all been business owners before. Okay. This is the first time this has ever happened, and yeah. they've all been business owners before. So, they, and then the fact that they're so excited to work up under my leadership, yeah. I'm so excited. Like those girls that really come in and kill it, and I'm so excited for them. I'm so excited for us to get inundated in, in the community around here. Like we're joining the chamber conference, like whatever okay. stuff they have in the community, we get involved in that because yeah. it's not just all about the services. It's about the community as well. We are an asset to the community and we want them to
3: Definitely.
2: use us as a resource. Yeah. And I'm starting my um mentors, my CEO playbook mentorship starts in February so I'm excited about that as well. Yes.
1: Awesome. I know anybody would be blessed to have you feeding them, to have you as their, <laughs> as their mentor. And so you said it starts towards the the end of February.
2: Um, the middle of February. So oh, it's gonna start February. the middle of February. Actually, it's gonna launch out the second Monday, the second Sunday in February.
1: Awesome. Okay. Yes. And if you give me a link, I'll put it in the description. So everybody I'll
2: give something for your audience. I give them a discount code, and I give it to you so you can put in the link and everything like that because. Listen. We all need some day. And actually, it's a daily text mentorship. So, like my my team um, and my current mentor mentees, they get daily directives from me. Like we work on one particular task or focus for the month, Mm -hmm. and for that month, each day we have directives so that we can get better in that area. And I write them. I do how to videos. Like if they have a specific issue that they're dealing with around that focal point, I make on-demand videos for them on trainings and things like that on what they actually need and what they're going through and what they need help with. And it's been amazing. And I just decided to open it up past my, immediate network. And so that's the opening up to outside of my immediate network starts in February. So I'm excited about it. Awesome.
1: Like, you got a lot going on. I yes. appreciate you sharing that and I appreciate <laughs> you uh, offering, you know, to give some kind of discount for the viewers and everything. Yes. Um, it, It's such a blessing to have somebody like you that even offers a mentorship because you not only teach and educate people, but you uplift them, you speak life into them and you help them um, emotionally, spiritually, you talk about the counseling and things of that nature. So, I know anybody's gonna <laughs> just—they're gonna grow so much and learn a lot from yes. your your mentorship. Yes,
2: thank you, thank you for that, yeah. thank you. Because like you, like if your audience don't know, you are so amazing. First of all, okay. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> so you. listen, you out here changing lives and doing some amazing work and just even bringing the access to your platform and bringing your audience, different people that can show them different things and help them that shows to your character. Mm. And I think that's so amazing.
1: Thank you. I appreciate
2: it.
1: Appreciate it. Well, there's something I like to do. This is success leaves clues podcast. So I like to point out just a couple of clues that I picked up, um, you know, during our conversation. And of course the viewers probably picked up a lot more on their own. But I actually touched on a couple of them. One is the, the way you give into the community. You don't look at anything you do, um, your business, even when you was in the corporate sector, you always sought out a way, even passed up, you know, moving out of state to be more in the community, more a part of the community. And I think that that speaks a lot. And that has helped make you so successful. Um, you talk about continuous education and mentorship, being a part of that continuous education, right? Always having somebody who can grow you, pour into you. And then the the absolute jewel, the best that I could possibly hear you say is speaking life. I mean, our words have power. Yeah. There's, there's so much that we're taking in from the outside all the time. Um, you know, somebody who's downing you. You got haters that are knocking you and the growth of your business and to have somebody that can be alongside you, even if it's your customers and you're speaking life into them and allowing them to just, like you said, lay on the table and, and just become a better person. Right. Yeah. That's why you're being blessed. And that's why your businesses are growing because (laughs) you're just, you're just pouring life into so many other people.
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. See, that's true. Cool. <laughs> I love
1: that. Yes. Right. Well, congratulations. Um, I plan on I, I I plan on being um in Atlanta next month. So okay. I can't wait to see the new location.
2: Yes.
1: And uh I just I'm just super proud of you, super happy for you.
2: Thank you. I, I can't
1: wait to see the way you continue to grow over this, over this next year
2: yes yes we might have to start looking in virginia for yes. some locations
1: <laughs> all right let's do it yes all right and and i just want everybody to remember if you can dream it you can achieve it until next time on success leaves clues podcast Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> traffic jams tailgating pile-ups Ugh, the joys of driving how could it get worse